0: to our strong mind strong body podcast today we are going to talk about menopause and i am going to unapologetically say that this has been i've done several segments on menopause and the reason why is because it's such a transitional powerful period in a woman's life and because I think that for so long, we didn't talk about menopause. It was something that we knew existed, but we demonized it or we hush-hushed about it because it was supposed to be something bad that was gonna happen to women. and. Finally, there's narrative around menopause, and there's research, and there's actual evidence to support what women go through and how we can best show up for them. So even if you're not a woman in menopause, you may be a woman who will be someday, or you may be supporting a woman who is. So I'm so glad you joined me. My name is Angie Miller, and I have Maria Luque as my guest today. She's been on before. Maria is very much a menopause researcher, and she's into healthy lifestyle and longevity. So Marie, I'm going to bring you in.
1: Hello, Angie. I'm so happy to be back because you know my favorite topic, menopause, so I'm always happy to talk.
0: Good. You know, it is. I love, though, that it's your favorite topic. I love that it's your niche and that it's what you know and it's what you study and it's what you research because women need women like you to give them great evidence and great research and great information about this transitional period. So, Maria, you just wrote two articles and I was previewing those articles I know that you wrote one about fitness and menopause, or I'm sorry, fit, you wrote one about, hello, you wrote one about mindset and menopause, and you wrote one about body image and menopause. And so today for this segment, we put it all together. We said mindset and body image during menopause, the whole thing, the whole package. And I think the first thing that I really want to ask you is about the whole mindset piece. And how much of a role perception plays, because that's why I bring brought in this episode the way that I did, because perception, I think historically has been like, when we go through menopause as women, then it's almost like, um, it's almost like the end of the road. (laughs) So I'm not trying to be dramatic, but it's like, oh, you know, it's whereas like pregnancy is, oh yes, it's a new life. And then menopause is like, oh, I'm so sorry. But why should we be sorry? This is a great period. It's a powerful period. So tell me when it comes to perception, what do you think is the biggest struggle for women?
1: Well, that's a, a great question. And, and the, the, the short answer is it's because we're told that menopause is a bad experience. We're going into menopause. And until now, until the narrative is changing somewhat, right, uh, which is great. But at the same time, with the increased narrative, there also comes a lot of like negative as well. But we are always been told either you don't talk about it or you uh, are going to have a rough time you're going into menopause thinking that it will be a bad time that itself will almost set you up for a bad experience because even if you don't experience symptoms or almost like you're looking for it right and there's been there's some qualitative studies there's quite a few studies that kind of show that when you compare women that have symptoms and symptoms obviously are always very subjective the experience is individual every woman experiences menopause differently but women, even if women have um, severe hot flashes, for example, women that view this as a transitional period in time um, and are more positive about the experience and knowing that it's a phase and it's we're gonna get to the other end, don't experience symptoms quite as negatively as women that already go into menopause with a negative attitude. And not to say that attitude can make you not have symptoms, Um, I don't think that it makes them go away, but the experience itself can be changed by how we view menopause and how we view the transition itself.
0: Yeah. I think that you're what you're saying is spot on because really what I hear you saying is what lens are you going to look through? And if everybody talks about it in a negative way and says, Oh, watch out for this or watch out for that. And they give you worst case scenario, you go in with a lot of fears and doubts and a lot of expectations, that it's going to be a negative experience. But if in fact, people say, Hey, this is a transitional period. It's a new chapter. It's an opportunity for you to rediscover your body. Oh, well, that sounds really good. I think I'm ready to do that. And so I like that shift in perspective and what we gear up for, if you will. (laughs) And I I think that don't you think some of that is based on not just friends experiences, but the experience of your mom? What, What are your thoughts on that? Like the closest circle to you?
1: Sure. I think that there's an assumption that because someone somewhat um your mother or your your friends but especially if it's like a a relative that you think that that will be your experience as well and there's really nothing to indicate that because your parent your mom may have had a a bad transition um that you're going to have that also for my my parents my mom didn't talk about it there is has never been a conversation about it. I think there's a high chance that 90% of the women that are going through menopause now did not have this conversation with their, with their mothers because the mothers didn't talk about it. It was at that point in time, it was still this suck it up and move on. There's nothing to see here. And um, so, so there isn't something to go about. Now we are a new generation. I think that we can change the narrative with our children. I have a seven year old daughter or well, eight year old almost. And she, you know, I'm, she asked me about menopause because that's what I do. And so I try to explain it to her. We have a chance now to change the next generation's perspective about menopause. So it's a great opportunity for us to change that narrative now for the next generation of women that are going to go through.
0: You know, it's funny that you said that because my mom didn't talk about it either. It was never even mentioned. It was like the M word was a bad word or it didn't Mm -hmm. exist i don't know it was some mysterious thing that may or may not happen there's no evidence to support it not in my okay so you're absolutely right it didn't get talked about it was kind of like deal with it move on Um, either the symptoms are in your head or it's just part of life, but whatever the case, it was never revered as something that could be positive, where it's something that can invite women to reflect on their lives, where they've been and where they're going. And I do think that any transitional period should be a time for all of us to sit back and reflect and say, okay, my life isn't exactly how it used to be. That's not a bad thing. (laughs) That's an opportunity to reset and, and think about what the next chapter looks like.
1: So yes, absolutely. I think I I want to acknowledge that the transition can be incredibly challenging, right? So just, I don't want to appear to say that if, as long as you change your mindset around it, things will be great because it can be incredibly challenging. And for some women um, menopause poses some real challenges just from a quality of life perspective and health perspective. So. But there, there are steps to be taken. There is information out there. So I think even the, the knowing that there's something out there that you can do or at least explore should be part of that mindset. So saying I'm not stuck in this experience by myself. I, there's conversations that are being had and there's a lot of really good people out there that can help me or at least try to help me. With it, and that part, that is part of the mindset conversation, not just well, if as long as you change your mind, because that's what we hear with the body image conversation as well, right? It's that whole hashtag love your body, and it's not something that you just change, but it's something that we can work on.
0: Right. Because it's a hashtag, then, you know, everybody should just love your body or hashtag self-care, right? Because if you go take a warm bath, you're going to feel better about everything. So... Um, Maria, I just want to reintroduce you. I'm talking to Maria Luque and we're talking about mindset and body image during menopause. And my name is Angie Miller, and I'm really glad you joined us for this episode. because Maria has some great information to help women. And Maria, I I like that you're honoring and saying, look, it doesn't mean that because you change your mind, it's going to be an easy experience. It just means that there is information out there. And I think that there's a lot of power in knowing that you're not alone. I also think there's a lot of power in reading. Anytime I'm going through any experience, this is me in front of my computer. I'm on psychology today or I'm on some website. I'm looking up research um, and I'm looking so that I can deep dive into the whatever it is that I'm experiencing. So the first I know I'm not alone, but second I start to get some tools and strategies. And then just that in the, in and of itself lifts the weight off me, like, oh, I'm not out here by myself. Yeah. Right. So and
1: just piggybacking off of your what you're saying with the there's two sides to that coin as well, because for instance, I 95% of the women that reach out to me preface the conversation by saying I've read all these things, I've taken all these courses, and I don't know what to do because it's all conflicting or someone's telling me to do this, someone's telling me to do that, don't do that. And so the conversation about having a lot of information at your fingertip can can backfire quite a bit. And for women in menopause, currently I think it is backfiring heavily because they're being bombarded with contradicting information and a lot of snake oil right that's being sold left and right so mm-hmm. part of the conversation that I have with clients and the tips that I share is to really have those conversations especially when we're looking at mindset and body image to have those conversations with your close friends people that you trust not looking out there or there's also obviously sources that you trust such as myself and you <laughs> but um, looking for sources that you trust But that doesn't have to be a self-proclaimed expert. It doesn't have to be a doctor. When it comes to, especially when it comes to mindset and body image, there's a lot of conversations that should be had with yourself. There should be a lot of self-reflection, and there should be a lot of conversation had with your girlfriends, with your partners, with your the people that are in your life that will give you an honest answer or feedback. Um, So we always sometimes we discount how powerful community your community is. And I'm really a big proponent of that. What's your circle? Where's your Where's your community? Get right. them in, and ask them, and just ask. A lot of times, it's just sharing, and that's how we find out that we're not alone in this. And that's it's a really big, transformative, uh, powerful experience.
0: Well, and it's true because one of the first questions I ask any client, whether it's in fitness or mental health, whether I'm coaching them or I'm working with them as a therapist, one of the first questions I ask is, who is your support system? Because you're right. There's a lot of power in community. There's a lot of power in being vulnerable. And we don't necessarily need someone to fix us or give us answers. We just need somebody to listen while we talk about our experience, because we're not a project to be fixed. We're just somebody who's going through something. And when we give it words and we hear validation from other people, it can lift a lot of the weight. So I'm really glad that you said that because you're right. There's a ton of information out there. I feel like that every time I think I need to clean up my eating just a little bit more, I think, oh, there's so much information. So Maria, I want to tag off of something you said about there being a lot of information and the whole using your community and the whole body image thing, because that is such, such a, um, such a powerful sticking point for women. I feel like throughout their yeah. entire lives and, and and i think that so much of it is is because of the beauty of the female body because we go through transitional stages that change the very nature of of who we are and how we show up physically right as we're if we're pregnant we look very different and then post pregnancy and then menopause and we go through all these stages where our body transforms and while it's beautiful it can be also very disconcerting for women when they're when they're looking at themselves thinking I don't recognize this anymore and I want to inhabit it and love it And the social media says to love your body, but I'm not sure how to do that. So tell us, I know in your article, you talked about, body dissatisfaction and disordered eating. And I'm going to let you decide what you want to pick up on that. What about that? Like the body dissatisfaction with women in menopause, how serious is that? And how prevalent is that?
1: It's incredibly prevalent. I think uh, 80% of women report some sort of dissatisfaction with their body, especially during menopause. And from my personal experience with my clients 99% of the women that reach out to me their main struggle is that what is happening like why can I not get rid of what's happening here and why is it happening why are the things that I'm I've been doing not working anymore and so it is it's a huge problem it's almost like a hibernating bear that's been kind of hibernating our entire life and now and then peaks out it's always there though and during menopause it just kind of comes out because things that we have known to work and i work i say and it, it's it's subjective right if it's worked but most women feel that always they say well you know always if I, I if i needed to lose some weight i could go on a run or i start weightlifting or i did a little diet here or there and i just you know it all worked out now none of this works anymore. So there is this sense of uh, one of my clients uh, said she feels betrayed by her body, and I think that that is a common experience. It's almost like an identity crisis that happens because you're you you kind of saying that I know I'm not. I shouldn't put so much value on my body, but. Uh, to get rid of this belly fat and um it is startling to see women struggle with the concept of acceptance because it almost feels like you're giving up so when I I talk to clients and I hear them out of what what their routine is and what they're doing and it's all already they're doing all the right things already and sometimes women reach out just to find that magic secret that someone must have and that someone, I know someone's willing to sell them out there, right? So when people reach out to me a lot, often I have to say, look, we can tweak some things here or there, but you're already kind of doing all the things that you can do realistically and sustainable and like sustainable. Yeah. We have to work on some of that acceptance that maybe your body knows where it needs to be right now, but that is a hard one because it almost feels like you're telling people to give up, Right. Yeah. When you say acceptance, a lot of people, and it doesn't just apply to women, but acceptance has all, a lot of times for people that connotation that, oh, well, I'm just, I guess I just have to let everything be and I am no longer in control and I'm just going to give up. I'm going to eat what I want. I'm going to stop working out. Like it's that very black or white situation. So all or none, it have to be.
0: And yet acceptance, and you're right, but yet acceptance is part of the grieving process. Acceptance is talked about by John kabat If you do any, I did mindfulness-based stress reduction through UMass. I did a whole course. Acceptance is just about recognizing where we have control and where we don't. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you're really saying to women is, You've embraced all the positive control that you have. You're doing the things that you can possibly do. And, you know, beating up your body and shaming yourself for doing those things is not moving the needle. So how about some acceptances? This is where your body is right now. It doesn't mean it will always be here. And so, and I think it's very much that way when we're pregnant, right? That's the way it is. Then it doesn't mean it will always be there. We don't know what's going to happen on the other side, post-menopause once we're, you know, so I think that that's a powerful thing to talk to women about. I also love that what you're saying is there are a lot of people out there who will sell magic pills and voodoo sauce and what have you, but at the end of the day, when our body transitions, it transitions, there are no magic pills and voodoo sauce. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there are just strategies that we can implement, right? And support.
1: 100%. And it is, it, it is just really sad that there is such a, because menopause is, is projected to grow into a $60 billion enterprise within the next couple of years, because everyone's talking about it, right? Oprah just had a big thing and so now it's everywhere for sure but all of these people are coming out of the woodworks for selling you a product that promises that this has the secret on how you have to eat or how you have to work out and uh yesterday i got into a little discussion on instagram because it was this whole conversation about cortisol and how menopausal women you know the cortisol is like the enemy of every menopausal woman and high intensity training is the devil Like, it's just very polarizing the conversation that happens. And this is where the confusion starts for women, because on one hand, you're telling them, oh, yeah, high intensity training. That's what you should be supposed to be doing. And then, well, don't do it too long or don't do it at all because cortisol and then cortisol is it's that buzzword that's being thrown around when cortisol is not the enemy. It's actually a good thing that you're supposed to have and you have for a reason. So. I think that what's happening is that women are being stripped and not, this isn't now, but more now stripped of their self-trust. Ah. We're being told. Yeah. 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 But don't trust yourself. Like what you're feeling is not really valid. and What you think you should be doing is not right because here is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then there's someone else over here saying, well, no, this person's wrong. I am here. I'm telling you this. And the better it sounds, the more tempting it is to do. Yes. So that's where that, that, that the inner workings and that self-trust is the main thing that I think we need to emphasize on when we're going through menopause and just saying, hey, hold on. I've lived on this earth for a long period of time. I think I've done a couple of rounds of diets. I've done all of the exercise crazes. And where has that left me? So just kind of sitting back and taking account of what you have already learned. What have you learned in your life? And then taking those lessons and knowing that what's being sold to you in a different skirt is the same thing, the same thing. What's, what what used to be done to nutrition, like that demonizing or moral value that is being put, you know, we used to be bad food, good food. Now it's bad exercise, good exercise. It's the exact same script. Yes. Um, so knowing that that's what's happening, I think, maybe gives women an idea of just, okay, hold on, let me just just a second. And, right. and then again, reach out to your community and the people that you trust for advice.
0: Right, and I, I think that's powerful, the self-trust, self-acceptance. I think that's really powerful. And I think it's true that with information overload and so much out there on the me- in the media and all over social media, I think that we stop listening to ourselves and we start listening to the common narrative. And we start, you know, following people who have a lot of followers and assume that they know more. And that happens so much in social media. And and I'm not doubting people who have big followings. Lots of people who are amazing have big followings. And and let's not forget that lots of people who are amazing don't have a following at all because they're everything. They're their marketing person, their PR person, mm-hmm. the person doing the research, the people doing the programming. And they're not investing in somebody to help them with social media. And so that's why they don't have a big following. And so it's not that they know less. So I like that idea of self-trust and a little bit of self-acceptance goes a long way about what you can and cannot control when it comes to body image, Maria, and you gave a staggering statistic and you said 80% of women, uh, you know, report dissatisfaction with their body during menopause. And you said that it's probably 99% of your women. So what are some, outside of like talking to women about acceptance, and I think you're doing everything you can do, what would be another intervention or another strategy that you think helps women with body image?
1: Strength training. It <laughs> is incredibly powerful. I know that there's a lot of talk about having, uh, lifting heavy stuff and all of these things. Um, and, but there is something incredibly powerful when you focus on a progression of ability within strength training gives you that tangible benefit so when we're looking at loss of that fear of loss of control what that happens during menopause like we feel a little bit out of control strength training really gives you an ability to have a sense if that is what you know what you need or suits you talk about actual tangible benefit you can start here by lifting five pounds and if you stick with it and focus on nothing else on how you end up looking but you can you will get stronger it's just not a question you start with five pounds you progressively increase your weight you will feel and you will see how much stronger you get and i think that there's something really powerful when we start focusing maybe on that progression of ability rather than the well i i I, have, I haven't changed, my body hasn't changed, but have you noticed how you've increased in strength? Like the things you can do now. And that, I think it helps change the narrative in your head and the mindset because sometimes women start with a strength training and they're listening to it, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then three months down the road, there's still that underlying thought that they hope that they're still, they're gonna lose some weight. Like it's still there, it's under there somewhere. But once you start focusing on, wow, I mean, look at all the things I can do, I think that that thought starts becoming less and less and less. And there's lots of signs that it shows the positive benefits of strength training with body image. So I think that is one intervention that is doable. And it is, um, and even if you don't change your actual physical outside, you will get stronger. So there's a health, pers- health, health benefit that is a win-win no matter how you look at it. Right. And I
0: I really appreciate that focus on ability because even if externally you don't see changes, it's it's changes in ability. And ability is changes in personal empowerment. Because the more that I can lift and the more that I can, um, the longer I can lift, you know, more endurance, longer periods of time, Um, if I can, whatever that looks like for each individual, it's very, very, very empowering. And you're right. It's ability focused. It's what can my body do versus what does my body look like? And I think it's the doing That keeps us focused on our ability. What can my body do and what has it done? How has it shown up for me? And so, Maria, I want to reintroduce you. I'm Angie, and this is Strong Mind, Strong Body, and I'm talking to Maria Luque, and we're talking about mindset and body image during menopause. And Maria has dropped some real nuggets on us, just talking about the whole mindset piece and building self-trust and building self-acceptance, but also focusing on strength training to increase your ability. What can your body do? Do And how can it perform for you during this time? So that it's not so much about what do I look like when I look in the mirror, but it's what can I do when I hit those weights or go to the gym? So Maria, is there any other um, like tip or intervention or strategy that you think works really well for women during menopause when it comes to shifting the way that they look at their body?
1: Yes, I think one, for me, I've, I've been very open about my body image struggles throughout my life. Um, and for me, what changed was uh, when, I, when I had my daughter and I consciously started thinking about how I want her to feel about her body. So it became this seeing myself through someone else's lens. So my daughter's lens, what she hears me say and how she hears me relate to my body that is a powerful one. There is a, a that that thought process of would I say this to my daughter? Would I say this to a friend? So that that internal dialogue that you have with yourself, and uh, and I also want to stress that I still struggle with with negative thoughts. I think women believe that these things just disappear is unrealistic and sets them up for failure. So knowing that. The thoughts can appear, but it's how you manage them and how you handle them. And so really, when you have those thoughts, you think, is this something that I would say to my friend? If a friend would tell me that there's how they're feeling about it, how would I react? Like those conversations, because when we're in our head, a lot of things make sense, but they really don't. So it's that internal dialogue that we have to change and just kind of having a switch for me, having my daughter again, it was a a huge change because I stopped to myself and about myself differently.
0: Yes, I agree, and I think that that was a big shift for me too. Is just having two daughters and wanting to be really, really careful about how I use my words toward my body. And you know, right before um, you know this episode, I was talking with a client who had a lot of negative talk surrounding her body and her body growing up, and what she felt like was a lot of negative comments about her weight. And she said, "It's like they ruined my life." And so we talked about that whole. Con- Concept of ruining your life over things that you carry with you from childhood. And we talked about how the things that she's doing now to show up differently, how she's how she's conditioning her body and working on positive body image and how she's talking to herself and getting that mind frame of of we still have positive control over how we talk to ourselves and what we're doing to feel the best about where we are today. Yes, we can't erase the whiteboard. We can't re or undo the past, but we can say that might've been the messages that I heard growing up. And yes, they were very, very hurtful, but I'm doing everything in my power today to create a different narrative for myself, and to to do the best that I can by my body, and so even to your client who said I feel betrayed my by, by my body, I bet a lot of us have had that experience at one point or another, and yet, as long as you're coming into you know, the way I see it, as that client who called you and said that she's already showing up for herself, <laughs> right? So she's absolutely right, but she called you. She felt empowered enough. And she felt valued enough to say, I need help. So to all the women out there reaching out for help, consider it one of the best things that you could do for yourself. And obviously there's some self-value and worth in there, or you wouldn't even be reaching out for help because that takes a lot of courage. Don't you think Maria?
1: 100% and I feel the same way. I say the same thing to people that reach out to me I said, you you made an effort, which that's number step number one, you're not you're getting outside of your box. So yes, don't feel like you're alone, reach out. And there's people that are there and willing to help and they have, a, you know, that you can share with.
0: Right? Well, Maria, you have so much knowledge and information. How can people reach out to you if they do have questions about menopause?
1: Well, you can reach me. Uh, you can email me. I'm at Maria at fitnessinmenopause.com. I always welcome emails, and then reach me through my website at www.fitnessinmenopause.com. And I'm also on Instagram at dr. That's D R Maria Luque, um, and you can message me there as well. But I always welcome emails. I like direct contact with people.
0: Yes. All right. Fantastic. So um, thanks to all of you who are listening. I hope that this helps you whether you are a woman in menopause or you're supporting a woman in menopause or you're a trainer working with a woman in menopause. I really do value and appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us on Strong Mind, Strong Body. Thank you, Maria. And we'll see all of you next week.